0: Hi, this is Donna Valentino. Welcome to Kick It With Donna. Are you ready to get real? Let's talk. Hi, this is Donna. Welcome back. Thanks for joining me again this week. I have a special guest with me that I've had before, and he's a great guy, and I know you liked him from the last time. His name is Paul Finney. And we're going to talk today about the joy of decluttering. So there's a lot of things that you can clutter, but what we're really talking about here is paper, newspapers, magazines, books, uh, items. Items that you've had for years that take up space in your house or in your garage or in your attic that you know are there, and you're, in the back of your mind you're thinking, well, someday... I might use that. And Paul and I were just having this little conversation before we uh, started the podcast about... I had in my garage a really nice dog crate. About a year ago, I bought a dog, a guard dog, that I named Zen. And there was nothing Zen about this dog. (laughs) She, She was a handful, and I really didn't want the dog. I did it because... My son kind of persuaded me to do this because I was having an issue with an ex-boyfriend and he thought I'd be safer with the dog, yada, yada. Okay, I get the dog. I never really bonded with the dog, but I did all the things necessary to have a dog, the food, the toys, the what have you, and I bought a crate. And those crates, if anyone it has a dog knows, they're not cheap. They're about $130, and I bought a nice black one, and it was, I think, the large size and you know what? That dog bit three people, and third time around is the charm, as they say. I called up the trainer, and I said, you need to come here and get this dog. That was the end of the dog. That will be the last dog that I will ever own. And don't get me wrong, I love dogs. I just don't want to own one. So I had the crate in the garage, and, you know, it, it took up a little bit of space, even though it, it collapses, and I had it leaning up against the wall. And I'm cleaning the garage one day, and I had some help doing this, And I'm looking at that crate thinking, well, maybe my son, when his dog dies, he's gonna get a puppy and he's gonna need a crate. So I kept the crate. And the longer I looked at it over many months, I thought, okay, Donna, get a life. You don't need this crate. It's taking up room in your garage. Get rid of it. I put it in the back of my vehicle. I went over to Goodwill. I dumped the crate. You know what? I don't miss the crate. Who gives a crap about a crate? At some point in the future, If my son needs to get a crate, he'll get one. (laughs) It doesn't have to be in my garage. So that's just one little story. Paul, I know you have many. So which one would you pick right now that you feel was the most annoying thing that you had laying around that you were happy when you dumped it?
1: Well, the, the latest thing that I dumped was a pair of rollerblades that I absolutely loved. I'm 47 years old, and the last time I wore those rollerblades was when I was 23. (laughs) But for some reason, I I rollerbladed on Bayshore Drive in Tampa, Florida. That's where I was at that time. And I was relocated by the company I work for to upstate New York, and then to Canada, and then to Dallas. And I can tell you, I never rollerbladed in New York, never rollerbladed in Canada, and never rollerbladed in Texas. But for some reason, I held on to those rollerblades. And when I said goodbye to them and put them out on the curb, I felt relief. Right. I can't tell you, and this is why I'm here today to share my experience, I can't tell you why I held on to them for over 20 years.
0: That's a long time. But in the back of your mind, you felt a similar thing that I might use them someday. And you never used them. I didn't. After the age of 23, you just, they went to the side of the road.
1: When I, when I, right before I put them out on the curb, I took the roller blades, which had started to, the material had started to dry rot, except the wheels were upgraded wheels with upgraded ball bearings, were in perfect condition, even after 20 some years. And I thought, well, maybe I should take the wheels off and the bearings and keep those. And I thought, Paul... <laughs> This is the insanity that you're trying to work through. And I said goodbye and I put him on the curb. But I, Donna, I almost stopped to take the time to find an Allen wrench and take the wheels off and keep them.
0: Well, you mentioned a good word, insanity. Now I'm not calling you insane. I'm not calling myself insane. But the insanity of why we hold on to things that we no longer need, that we used, and we have no more use for. Why do we do that? I don't. I don't have an answer. For why I do that. I think I've gotten better at recognizing. I think the first thing is to recognize. You recognize that, okay, Donnie, you have an issue. You have an issue with holding on to something that you're not using, that maybe I'll use in the future. But at the end of the day, when you actually make that realization and you think, okay, I'm going to make a change, I'm going to get rid of this, the relief of getting rid of it is overwhelmingly fantastic. Did you find that with the rollerblades?
1: Yes the rollerblades was the first step then a couple days later, after sharing my experience, I decided to tackle some magazines that I had, and for whatever reason I thought it would it would help me to weigh them before I recycle them. I threw away fifty five pounds of magazines
0: Wow, that's the size of a small child
1: <laughs> so i I drop my baby magazine off (laughs) to be recycled and I feel relief I don't miss them I don't feel anxiety I thought I would feel anxiety letting go of reference material that I someday might read or need and I let it go and I haven't thought about it but I will tell you I kept some magazines behind the ones that I thought oh well I really like this article or I might read this article at some point kept those and that was probably two weeks ago. And I haven't thought about those magazines or the articles that I kept. So maybe I need to relook at that again.
0: Interesting. So you keep bringing up some very good words. Anxiety is a good one. Because it, does getting rid of something or the thought of getting rid of something create anxiety for yes. you? Right. But then after you dump it off, is that anxiety relieved? Yes. Okay. So, so there is a plus to a negative right? The negative of keeping things that you don't le- need or use anymore. And then when you make that decision to, okay, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm going to dump those magazines and see how good that feels. And you, you, the anxiety left. It didn't create more after you dumped it. No. Right. It's almost a healing process. Because I know you have many more stories, because we've talked about them. And I think that they're they're good stories because you and I, we're not alone on this road. We, we're not the only people that are going, God, I'm just, why do I keep this crap? Why don't I just get rid of it? And for some reason, they, they can't, I'm not even sure they recognize it. I'm not sure some people recognize it. I think that they just keep cluttering their house and their life with things that are no longer necessary and don't know how to take those baby steps
1: to... So this is something that I've put a lot of thought into. My first knee-jerk reaction is that this is how it's always been. This is how I grew up, that our parents kept their bank statements and their tax returns and they filed all their bills away and their receipts. And that's what I learned to do and that's what I've done. And I've never learned a different way of doing that. And
0: there is a different way of doing that.
1: But who's teaching that and how do we learn that?
0: That is so true. I, I know that for me, um, and I know that you, you go through something similar, I also, I'm 56 and you're 47, so I'm going to say that we're pretty much in the same generation. I grew up with the same thing. My parents kept everything. I mean, I carried suit. I did the same thing. I have every receipt, every tax return, every article of paper. I only have two file cabinets in my desk, one on either side. And they're both filled to the gamut with paper. Now, it's not that I don't need the paper, it's that there is a better way of getting into the technological age of storing paper on the cloud. Okay, so I've gone down that road. Um, A friend of mine said, you know, why don't you get, his office runs completely paperless. So all of his files, all of his uh, records for everybody, he's a financial advisor, is all on the cloud. Now it's very secure. I feel secure that all my stuff is secure. But he said, let's get you started by getting a cam scanner on your phone. Okay, it's just an app, cam scanner. Um, I will admit out loud <laughs> that I am technologically challenged. So. Yes, I put it on my phone, and from there I looked at it with this dumb, dunce look on my face like, now what do I do? (laughs) Okay. And then he said, get on Evernote and put that on your phone. Okay, and that's basically a place where you can scan. You scan on this cam scanner, and then you put those files in the Evernote. And you make categories of files, so tax returns, uh, invoices, Whatever it is that's important in your life, that's in those two drawers of crap that I have. I did the next best thing. I went to one of his associates, and I said, Kelly, help me out here. Can you help me figure out how to use the cam scanner and how to use the Evernote? So in his wizardry, I'm going to call it, that I lack, he's able to go, okay, you do this, and you do this, and do this. As I'm watching him, I understand what he's saying. I went home, I put the Evernote on my laptop, and I started making files. Have I gotten any further? No. So <laughs> so yes, I took that baby step of getting those apps on my phone and on my laptop, but I haven't done the work yet of taking all those tax returns, with which are PDFs, are already in my emails, that all I have to do is transfer it from there into my Evernote, and there it is, and then We don't need boxes of tax returns sitting in your garage or your attic. So I recognize it, and I'm trying to do something about it. But I don't necessarily feel anxiety. I don't feel anxiety. You know what I feel? I actually feel pissed off. I feel pissed off that I'm allowing clutter to be in my life anywhere, even though if you walked in my house, you could eat off the floor. I'm clean, I'm neat, and then when it comes to paper, you feel like you have to keep every piece of paper. I had a house burned down in 05. I had every receipt. You know what? I had every receipt, and I showed them all to the uh, state farm it was at the time. And, yes, I got my money back because I had all those receipts. So there's the, there's the before, and then there's the after. I want to get into the after. I want to get into that technological way of being able to take paper remove it, physical paper, out of my house, but have it somewhere where it's safe. So how do you feel about that? I know I, I know that you're...
1: So maybe you said a word that, that triggers me is safe. So maybe holding on to these papers gives me a false sense of safety and okay. security. However, with technology changes, if I can... Im- Embrace a new way of storing these papers and still feel safe, then there's a solution.
0: There is a solution. So you at least took the baby step. I, I don't know if um, the last time you were on, if you uh, told everyone what you do for a living.
1: What I do now is I am a massage therapist. I have a master's degree in business with a concentration in finance. I spent 18 years in finance and did project management and application support and in all those roles we keep everything project plans financial documents
0: do you still have all that stuff yes (laughs) okay so so you you still have it having it does it make you feel safe that you have it
1: well, so there's another word that comes to mind, it, and it's it's prideful. This is the work that I did, and I guess it goes back to fear, a whole bunch of feelings. Like, I'm prideful that this is work that I've done in my life, and this is a hard copy that I can show for it, and then fear that if I recycle it or throw it away, it will be gone forever. And I, I sometimes think that this doesn't matter to anyone else, that if I disappeared tomorrow and someone had to come into my home this all this paper and documents would be meaningless and it would be recycled anyway.
0: Well, that's probably true, but we can't think that way anyway. It's just too much of a downer. (laughs) But so, so did you keep all... What did you keep from school?
1: Everything. So you have everything. All my papers, yeah. All my research and textbooks.
0: So let me ask you this. Do you ever go back and look at it? No. Okay, so the only person it satisfies is you, because you have it in your home. But if it disappeared tomorrow, if you, if you decided to take that step and say, you know what, how many textbooks do you have? I hate to ask that question.
1: I mean, at, at least 10.
0: Okay, so I'm, I'm. I can picture ten textbooks that would probably take up a good portion of the desk that we're sitting at.
1: Yeah, whole bottom shelf of a bookcase.
0: Okay, and you have all of your work that you did. you, did you...
1: Binders and binders.
0: Okay, <laughs> <Yeah>. okay, <laughs> and if it wasn't there, how would you feel about it?
1: I wouldn't miss it. You wouldn't miss it. Donna, but what's missing is the mechanism or or something's missing in my brain that says, Paul, you can get rid of this and just make it happen. I haven't learned that. It's not a natural ability for me to do. I'll pick up a binder, open it up, and go, oh, I remember this. I remember doing this work, and then set the binder down and walk away. I, I don't have... I don't pick it up, look at it, and then get rid of it. That's the part that's broken. What
0: if, it's just, it's just a suggestion, because you already took that baby step with the magazines and you, and you felt relief when you got rid of it. it. What if you took one binder a week and just tossed it? Do you th- do you think you could do it do you think you, do you-
1: i've I've attempted this I'll pick up <laughs> a binder open it and pull out pieces of it that I like and now I have and I can get rid of a binder and then I have pieces of what was included in it in another pile so they' are baby steps but it's not very productive it's not I don't think it's a solution
0: okay it's not so a, you have a master's degree right yes and you have that I'm assuming framed somewhere in your house yes okay so it, that master's degree basically says that you did all what you needed to do to be able to have that degree hanging on you all. So it's just, it's basically, it's, the, it's all the work that you did to get there that you, you, you're resisting dumping. But it, has, it, it, it doesn't bring you any value other than the fact that it's there, right? Because you don't look at it, and you probably never will look at it. So the magazines, for instance, as an example, if they, what were they on?
1: So the magazines, that, so I'm a licensed massage therapist now and they're all massage therapy magazines. Okay. And some of the ones that I kept, I know all the information can be found online, but for some reason, the some of them, like an example of lymphatic drainage or massage therapy on um, PTSD victims, these things intrigue me and I'm interested in Reading the articles, so I hold on to the magazines.
0: <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> I'm rolling my eyes in case you can't. No, can hear no, that. no, no, it's it's <laughs> it's
0: okay because the fact that you're rolling your eyes is so you 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 are aware. You're just trying to find a way to, in your mind, to be able to release whatever it is up there that is holding you back from. Being able to throw away something that you obviously worked very hard on.
1: It, it for me it circles back to I might I might use this again in the future or I might need it or I reference it. This this weird sensation or feeling that if I hold on to this, I it might be useful for me in the future.
0: Okay. So the magazines, other than the ones that you kept, um, anything can be had right in your hands. On the internet I mean... At here, any given moment.
1: Here's an example. So I have a folder that has coupons in it. And I clip coupons and put the coupons in the folder. And guess what, Donna? You never use them. No. Every month I go th- open the folder and pull out the coupons that have expired and recycle them. And the process continues.
0: Okay. So you, so you have a habit of c- clipping coupons, but you don't use them.
1: Because they... So here's something to throw out. Okay. That they have... Uh, they have value if i use these coupons they are valuable right and then they expire and i get rid of them but i keep things that have a perceived value
0: okay so in other words if you go to the grocery store you don't go to that folder first and pull out what you need and take it with you
1: well for some reason these are coupons that that i may use but don't use does that make sense like like if you get a coupon for 20% off an item at a clothing store. Right. But I, I just don't – it's not necessarily mm-hmm. groceries. It could be –
0: Oh, it could be other things. True.
1: Like 20% off an item if you go right. shop at Banana Republic. Well, it's good for two months, but two months later I didn't go buy anything at Banana Republic, so now the coupon's not valid. Or Macy's. Or,
0: well, you know. let me ask, a, let me ask a, a different question. Let me ask it a different way. So those coupons that come in paper, are they not available by email? online? Maybe. See, I know Bed Bath & Beyond. I'm like a, a, a big fan. I get emails that come in that say, you know, uh, uh, 20% off on whatever, or your whole purchase, which is like bonanza, right? <laughs> and if you get 20, I mean, think about anything you can buy in Bed Bath & Beyond. Let's say you're buying bedding. 20% off is 20% off. Or pillows. Or a vacuum. You know, that's when 20% off really becomes, like, valuable. So... And, I, and I'm probably the worst one to ask about coupons, because I don't clip coupons. I know a lot of people do, though. So I wonder if there's a way of getting those coupons online so that you can eliminate that paper. So you have it. It's on, it's on your phone, but it's not a piece of paper in your hand or in a folder that doesn't get used. See, they get you with the coupons, you know, because, of course, they expire, right? God forbid, you should make it, you know, good forever. <laughs> yeah. No, I, 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 I'm not, you're not the only person that cuts coupons. I'm just trying to think of ways to, I hate to say trick your brain. But
1: I think the key for me, uh, talking out loud, is that I keep things that I think have a perceived value. And that's why it's difficult for me to get rid of them. Coupons is a good example of once it's expired, it no longer has value. It's easy to recycle then.
0: Well, that's true because it's worthless now. So what the perceived value was is no longer.
1: But see, talking to you, Donna, when you tell me that the value of the research and work that I did for my master's degree is now hanging on a wall and I no longer need the papers and binders, I feel like I could go home and, and get rid of, the research material.
0: How about the textbooks? I how old they are too.
1: they? I mean, the textbooks I know that I have are corporate finance and managerial okay. accounting and statistics, which doesn't change.
0: True. But you've never looked at them since you graduated? No. So I wonder, and am I asking you how old they are? Because I know textbooks are probably good for a while, a couple years maybe.
1: I know all of that information is available online.
0: But I'm just saying, I wonder if you, the hell with the binders right now, what if you decided once a week just to get rid of a textbook? As I was going to say, if they were more current, you might actually be able to donate them to the school and have them used again. And this way it's sort of pay it forward, you know what I mean?
1: Well, I did take a box of books a week ago, to half half-price books. Okay. And... Instead of just throwing them in the garbage or recycling them, I mean, it's silly. For twenty minutes, uh, driving up the hill to the store and get, I got five dollars for the books. So it's not like I'm looking to get. You're not looking to get paid, right? But at least I, they, I believe Half Price Books donates the books that they can't resell.
0: Yeah, but what you did was actually um, good because I'm I'm looking at that as a donation. Because $5 probably doesn't mean, mean a whole lot to you either way. You didn't do it for $5.
1: No, I did it just to get rid of the books.
0: Okay, but you did it in a way that it's going to benefit somebody else, right? Someone else is going to get that book.
1: I don't know that the baby steps that I'm taking are efficient. I've been told that my decluttering methods aren't efficient. And okay. I don't know that I'm making a whole lot of headway. I need a bigger solution.
0: I'm not sure I know what the solution is because it's something that's up here that needs to be, I hate to use the word, adjusted. Because you're, you're living in, in 2017, and a lot of the things that you have go back how many years?
1: 2005.
0: Okay. So a, a, a long time. I, I would call that a long time.
1: Yeah. I mean, probably most textbooks are online now.
0: You know, that's, I wouldn't know, because it's been a long time since I've been in school, but my son is at SMU, and he has textbooks, and I think, pretty sure when you go get textbooks, you get them, you you can buy, get them used. There's no reason to buy a new textbook. If they're using the same textbook every year for a couple of years, there's no reason.
1: But it's not just te- textbooks, it's- I'm, st- I'm, still, I'm still getting, like, statements. I haven't gone completely electronic either, Donna. Okay. Like, I'm still getting new. I still I have an auto loan, and I still get a paper statement in the mail every month, and I'm reluctant to go electronic.
0: Oh, okay. I, di- I, I didn't know that. Okay. Does that bother you?
1: I'd like something about, I like receiving a paper statement for some things. And then you keep it. And then I keep it. It goes into a pile.
0: <laughs> okay, <laughs> okay, so we have piles of bills, okay, I don't know if I can help you with the banking thing, that's like, a, that's a, I know my dad and he's not here anymore, he was old school, he was, lived to be almost 78, he also liked paper, but again, we're t- now that's even an older generation, Okay, And that's all they know is to keep everything. And when he passed away, I was the one who had to go back to his house and clean up, clean up, okay? I took all of his papers back from New York to Texas, got a probate attorney, and I did what I had to do. Not fun times, but my dad kept everything. And it's interesting because looking at everything that he kept, I do the same thing. We, had a, we have a lot of similar traits that way in that he kept everything he'd mark on it paid and he put the date on. I do the same thing.
1: I did the same thing.
0: Okay, this, that's a good thing. Some people have that um, he was never, ever going to go online and do shit. Not happening. <laughs> he just, he had the flip phone thing. Um, that's who he was. He wasn't going to make that jump into the future, the now. He was going to stay old school, and and he liked it that way. I can't criticize that. That that's what he liked, but he just couldn't do the online banking thing. He liked the paper. That's what he was used to. So I know when I back when I was married, and I'm divorced almost 10 years now. We um, used to get oh I don't know. It felt like. 30 bills a week. I'm probably over-exaggerating, but I wasn't on online banking then. I used to handwrite all those damn checks. Okay. And again, you know, paid such and such a date, the amount, and then I'd file it in folders that were marked by the electric company, the gas company, the mortgage company, blah, blah, blah. Okay. And it wasn't until I was on my own that I made that switch to go to online banking. Let me tell you something. It's like I can't even explain it to you, there's no stress. You go in there, you put in your recipients, and you put in their information, their address, the amount, if it's the same amount every month, it's a re- recurring, or if it's a one-time, it makes life so much easier, but you have to want to do it. So I'm not sure how you make that, it sounds like you don't really want to do that.
1: I. A lot of what I do is online and electronic, but I still do receive paper statements.
0: Okay, so you keep the paper statements. How long do you keep them for? I'm afraid to ask that question.
1: Well, I have gotten rid of any.
0: Do <laughs> <to laughs> you still have them? You know. <laughs> Years of them? Years. Okay, so what value do they have to you other than the fact that they're there? You don't go back and look at them.
1: No, so, so this is just for IRS purposes, I guess. Well,
0: I mean, you file a tax return. Yeah. Um, and then
1: after a certain period of time, I can get rid of them, but I never have.
0: I think people struggle to do that. And I think that once I'm absolutely sure that I have moved my PDF tax returns into a folder, into my Evernote, and it's there, and it's safe, there's no reason for me to keep the paper copy. My accountant has it, I have it. I'm not sure that they would, what would they ask for receipts for? Unless you were being audited, right? What would you need receipts for? I mean, I guess I see your point. You're thinking, well, what if I need those? If you had them electronically someplace in a folder, you you have them, you just don't have the paper. But you feel safe having paper.
1: Well, Donna, I've never explored putting all of that into, into the cloud. I mean,
0: Right. Look, I'm new at this too. I'm, and I'm telling you, I made the baby step. I started, but I haven't finished. So that's on me. I need to complete the task of doing this. And then I'm going to feel relief. Okay, because now once I've accomplished that task, that means I can now shred the paper. But shredding paper, that's like that's a big move. That's like you're not going to take a tax return and throw it in the garbage with all your personal information on there. You've got to shred it. So I i know, I know understand the struggle, but I think that um, for me now personally, I have all of my bills that are paid are on my bank account online. They're all there. I have two bank accounts. I have one at Chase. I have one somewhere else, and, and they're there. If I need them, they're there. IRS needs them; they're there. But it's 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 a jump. What you're talking about doing is jumping. You're trying to you're trying to walk the line, but you're on the paper side still. When you want to, you're trying to move over into the electronic side, and that's a big decision. Because you can do the electronic and still keep the paper until you feel like you've mastered it. I've got this. I feel good about it. I know, I, you're looking at me like, I know she, she's making sense, but uh, I'm not sure. No,
1: I, I'm willing to do it. I just need, I guess, another personality thing with me is that some things I can do, and I like hand-holding someone to walk me through the process, and once I think I've got it, I can do it.
0: I'll tell you what, I'll make a deal with you. All right. If, you, if you're interested in doing the online banking and I don't have to see shit on your Well, I your do end.
1: that today. Okay. I, st- I do uh, the hybrid. I, I do the electronic and then I still have the paper coming to the house.
0: Oh, so you pay your bills electronically, yeah. but you like the paper statements. Yeah. Okay.
1: I mean, like the utility companies. For some reason, I don't know if it's a trust issue too, but I like to receive my water bill and my electric bill and my gas bill in the mail and see it. Okay, but it's paid. It's paid online.
0: Okay, because I know that when I get a bill for gas, I can look at the bill right online because it comes by email. Because I have it automatically paid, but it will come up, and if I want to see it, I can see it. But for me, generally, my water bill is always the same every month. My gas is always the same. It's not like a a mystery. But I think I'm just I'm comfortable with that. I'm okay with that. The utilities have to be paid, you know, you're not going to live without water or gas or air conditioning. (laughs) So, I mean, I think I understand the hand-holding, too, because I think that a lot of people, um, and I I think I told you this uh, this story, and without mentioning any names, I, I have a friend whose husband is a hoarder of papers, magazines, books. It's gotten to the point that, if I were to go to their house, certain rooms, the doors are closed. And I know why the door's closed. I wouldn't walk in that room if you paid me money. Because I don't think you, there's probably a clear path to the bed and the bathroom. And other than that, you are not getting anywhere in that room. So you at least recognize that you have an issue that you'd like to solve. I don't think that he ever recognizes it. In fact, if that house burned down, I think he'd be put in a psych ward just because he would completely lose his mind. It has some value to him. It has no value to anybody else. So there's a house, a a 5,500-square-foot house filled with papers. There's a three-car garage that only one car can get into. It's, a, it's sad, but hoarding is a whole different issue. But this, was, this is hoarding of paper. And if you would ask me, oh, but I'm, I'm going to look back at that magazine at some point. Okay, sure, whatever you say. But he can't accept the fact that he has an issue that is encumber, encumbering other people. Your wife, your kids aren't there anymore. They're all grown. They're out. So I don't think that they will ever move from that house because there's too much shit in it to move. <laughs> but he doesn't think it's shit.
1: I think you've said some things today that will help me. Like for example, the baby steps, if I can move more, more if not all of new incoming paper to electronic, then I won't, I won't keep continuing the issue. And then I can, I'm in a couple steps here. Stop incoming paper. And two, get rid of what I have by transferring it electronically into the cloud.
0: Well, I think if, if you think about it, how long do you really... Okay, so every year you file a tax return. So if you wanted to, you could keep paper for a year. You file your tax return, what do you need it for? You're talking about utilities, Right. I mean, are those the only bills that you like to have actual paper? Of? Well,
1: everything. I mean,
0: you like it all. In I mean, paper. I'll, I'll
1: throw out there that a lot of people who are probably listening are small business owners like myself and have to keep records.
0: Right. Well, you know what? If you, if you think about it, not, not everyone's jumped on this train. Because if you go into your dentist's office, if I walk into my dentist's office, they have files and files up against the wall in, in um, file folders. You know, they were all tabbed, you know, different colors for last names or whatever. They have paper records. That's what they go by. So they haven't jumped on that train either. Now, maybe some doctor's offices have done it or dentist's office. And because you know why? Now all you have are storage rooms filled with boxes of people's records, medical records. Uh, medical records are a whole different ball game, I guess, because now you you've got the you know privacy, and you can't just. I don't know how that works. With, I, I'm I'm going to plead ignorance on this one because I'm assuming that they have to be very careful with medical records. But I know the dentist office. I mean, damn, that whole, whole wall. I think up. every
1: dentist office. I don't know if That's, it's state requirements that they have to have the paper, or if it's just a cost involved in moving it electronic. Uh,
0: Okay, here's here's actually a really good example. I had an accident nine years ago where I have medical records from three different hospitals. Getting them wasn't so easy. You think it should be an easy thing to get your medical records. I had to go downtown to get my medical records from Baylor Rehab. And then I had to go to, I didn't physically go, but I was at, um, what's the name of the hospital? Harris Methodist hospital in Fort Worth. That was a procedure. So once I did go down to Baylor Rehab, I didn't go to Baylor Rehab, I actually went to Baylor, they asked me do you want it on a disc or do you want the paper? Well sure I chose the disc. Why would I put it on, why would I hand another physician document, 35 page document in paper when you can have it on a disc? Oh, why would you do that? Now I do have paper and you know what I did with the paper? and I'm gonna get on that when I make that move to start putting all my paper onto these files why do I need all my medical records on the paper when I can put them in a file and then if I had to show a doctor my medical records you go in your file you and you pick that file and you and you email it to the doctor there are easy ways to do things it's just that its a process nothing's a snap of a finger it's making the decision to do it, and then once you make the decision, it's going through all the rigor mold to make it happen. So I get, I, I get where you're at. I just uh, cleaning, I recently did a cleaning of, of an attic that had a bunch of shit in it that I didn't use for years and years. And you know what I did? made over two garbage days, comes twice a week. I made big piles out there and I got rid of it. You know what I felt? Relief. It's gone. I don't miss it. I'm not crying over it. It's gone. Let somebody else use it. I don't know it goes in the trash. Let, you think people don't pick through trash and find shit? Knock yourself silly. Go for it. But now I have a clean attic. And now I have a clean garage because I got rid of a whole bunch of shit. I wasn't using it. And I feel nothing but relief. But I don't think it's anxiety that I feel. I think it's more like, Donna, get a life. What are you do you doing? You are not using this stuff. Why is it here? It's taking up valuable space that you could be using for something else, like maybe putting two cars in a garage. Well, how can I put two cars in a garage if I have all this shit in here? And then, uh, you know, anyone listening, if you live in Texas, we don't have basements here, which is kind of retarded since we have tornado issues. It's kind of stupid. But anyway, we have no place in the house other than the attic. And when it gets to be 100 degrees in Texas, you don't want to go in your attic You don't even want to go up there if it's 80. So you have no other place to put things except your attic. But what I did for me is to try and make space in my garage. I had um, different doormats for the seasons. I had some Christmas decorations that were in canisters. I have a whole third floor bedroom for no one in my townhome. Big closet in there, and that's where I put all that stuff. Do you know how great that was? I just cleared out an entire wall of a garage and put it in a third-floor closet that nobody's using. I felt nothing but relief. This feels great. Now when I need something, I don't have to go in the garage where it gets dusty and grimy. It's in a third-floor closet. I can easily reach it. No biggie. So what does your garage look like?
1: I have my car in the garage.
0: Yeah, I do too. But I was trying to get, be able to have my honey put his car in the garage, and that's a little hard to do when you have too much shit in it.
1: Yeah.
0: Do you have too much shit in yours? Yes. <laughs> what kind of shit do you have in there that you'd like to get rid of?
1: Well, I recently put the papers in the garage to get them out of the house.
0: Okay, so basically you removed it from one area and moved it to another. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, you got it out of the house at least. <laughs> it just went to a different area. <laughs> it's progress. So what else do you have in there? What, if you could get rid of anything, let, let's just get off the textbooks for a minute because I think the textbooks, that's a, a real a solution if you want it to be a solution where you could just take one book a week and put it in the trash because I don't really think anyone can use it if they're that old. I'm pretty sure. Because you're talking, what, they're 10, 12?
1: I think the textbooks are will be easy to do.
0: Yeah, I think they would be, too. So it's all the notebooks and stuff that you're struggling with the most. But you don't go back and look at them. So if you really... you have an attic?
1: I do. I, I'm not going to... There's nothing in my attic, so I, I don't want to... I don't I want to stop moving things around
0: right too. you see so this isn't that's not a solution either you no. really would like to just be able to get rid of without feeling stressed out or any kind of
1: yeah I'm at the point where it's time to it's time to find solutions that work
0: mm-hmm
1: and that's where I'm at today
0: well I don't think that you're the only one and I think that you're you're, you're stressing over it a little bit because you want to make a change. You're kind of stuck in the, in the middle. You're just kind of stuck in the middle because you've already done one thing and it felt good. So I was kind of hoping that that one thing would sort of be like uh, like the free pass. You know, you'd be like, okay, I did this one thing, nothing bad happened. I feel good because it's gone, and let me tackle something else. So I think maybe, maybe for you, you just need to do things in a smaller way not not like a big giant okay i'm going to i'm going to dump all those notebooks right now maybe one a week one a month a goal how about goals come up with goals a goal a particular goal like for the month of december i want to get rid of those textbooks and then january you you have a different goal i want to get rid of The cooler that sits in my garage that I'm never going to use. Like maybe just if you make little goals and you meet it, it'll feel good. Instead of if you make a goal and you don't meet it and you're going to feel shitty, you're going to be like, I, you know, damn, I didn't get, I didn't meet my goal. Are you goal oriented? Yeah. So I wonder if that could be somewhat of a, of a, a solution. Is that if you make a goal, then you're. I personally do better if there's a gun to my head. If you put a gun to my head and I have a deadline to meet, I'm there. I'm going to make it happen. I might wait until the last second, but I'm going to make it happen. So I wonder if you'd have the same psychology on that one as if you had a goal to meet, if you would feel some pressure to meet that goal.
1: I've already tried that. It didn't work for me.
0: I didn't. Okay. Oh. So when you made the goal and it didn't happen, were you upset? No. You knew it wasn't going to happen anyway.
1: When we talk like this, I think to myself, I go back to the, the opposite and think the papers that I have is not really taking up that much space. It's not really creating a problem. I do have my car in the garage. I do have my house is tidy. It's just that they are taking up some space, but it's not... I, I flip back or revert back to this is not really impacting my life. It's not a big deal. So creating a goal to get rid of a box of papers and I miss the goal, there's no consequence.
0: No consequence because you really don't want to get rid of it is is what you're saying. You, you're sort of in that...
1: Nothing it, bad really happens if I don't get rid of it.
0: I agree. It. Nothing bad's going to happen. So... Throwing away the magazines, what didn't jumpstart anything?
1: It felt good. I, the baby steps to me aren't... I have enough paper that one binder a week or one box a week isn't really going to make a difference. When I took a box of books to the bookstore to recycle, the bookcase is still filled. I don't...
0: So you, so you have textbooks and you still have... And
1: re- regular books. I have books and books... I have a whole bookcase of books. It's not just textbooks.
0: Mm. I have a whole bookcase of books, too. And you know what? You actually just gave me an idea. Because it's one of those things where I walk into my study and my bookshelf looks great. But I have... I've read them all. Now what? Okay, I read all the books. Am I going to read it again? No.
1: Donna, but here's the <laughs> challenge. I think that if reading those books brought you joy... They did. And and looking at them brings you joy. Then there's not a problem.
0: Looking at them...
1: When you walk into your study or office and you see the bookcase, what do you feel?
0: I feel there's a bunch of clutter on on those shelves with those books. Because they take room. They take space. Okay, so I look at... Okay, so my mindset goes a different way. I'll look at those books and go, okay, Donnie, you read the books. Now what? Because you mentioned this a couple weeks ago, and we talked about this, and you got rid of some clothing that you held on to for a long time, and you got rid of it, and did you bring it to Goodwill? Is that what you did? I donated it. You donated it. Did it feel good? Yes. Okay, it felt good. Um, But you have a really... I think this is actually really cool. You You said thank you to those clothing because it brought you joy when you wore them, which is a very cool thing to do, to say thank you to clothing. I never thought about that. So when I donate stuff to Goodwill... I go into the mindset of someone else is going to enjoy this, okay? I, I got my use out of it. It's no longer necessary in my life, but someone else will get joy out of this. So I look at it a little bit different way. I'm giving it to someone else, and they're going to love it, okay? But those books, I look at the books, and they, it pisses me off. You know why? Because <laughs> I look at the books, and I go, hey, Donnie, you read it? And if you removed them and donated them, I would go to half-price books. I don't care if they give me $2. Someone else will enjoy those books.
1: Why are those books still on your bookcase? Because
0: though? I haven't gotten around to doing it. Okay. No freaking good reason other than that. None. Put them in a box. Put them in bags. Do whatever you need to do. And get rid of them. Because now, if I do that, I can put pictures of my family in picture frames on the shelving. And that would bring me more joy than those stupid books. I read the books. that's my mindset it's but that's me in general once I'm done with something I'm done and then move on so it's we can call it laziness with a capital L that I've not removed the books from the shelves yet no other good reason but the fact that you just said you went and brought them to half price books and they gave you five dollars I don't care about the five dollars I care that they'll take the books and someone else will enjoy them like I did so I mean, I think that there's a you know what? I think at this point, unless you want to bring up any other, yeah, just, okay, Paul's like stressed out. he's just sitting here going shit. But I think that when we have a conversation, you mentioned a couple of words that I want to talk about, like anxiety, um, safe. Those were two words that you that you kind of clicked on when I said them. and then sometimes when you'll say something, like half-price books. Well, damn, Donna, why didn't you think of that? You just gave me an opportunity to donate something to other people that I don't need anymore. So we both benefit.
1: And I think you've encouraged me that I can set a goal before the end of the year, because we're almost maybe two weeks left before the end of the year, to see what new statements are coming in the mail and maybe make those go electronic in 2018. And stop the paper from coming in.
0: That's actually a good, really good New Year's resolution. If you're,
1: I think I can do that.
0: That's outstanding. Yeah. But that's a see, but that's a baby step that. That will be less paper, but you have access to it. It's there. So I think it's just that mindset of realizing that it it is there. I have access to it, even if I don't physically touch it. So I, you know what I I think at this point. Anybody out there that's listening goes through some sort of this drama of, oh, my God, paper. I don't want to get rid of my paper. My son is 24. My daughter's 28. They are into the whole electronic thing. They're in that younger generation where that's what they know. So my guess is that when they're managing their own house someday and they're paying bills and doing all that stuff, they're going to find a way to do it that not the way you and I are doing it. Because it's, it's kind of old school, and we're trying to jump from old school into new school, and there's a transition period. It's not that easy. But at least we're aware of it. We know. So, you know, like if I call my son and say, Hey, Jordan, can you help me out with this whatever shit is on my phone that I can't figure out? I don't get the, you know, Oh, Mom, you know, why are you so stupid? he never, he'd never say that. But he'd be like, Okay, you just do this, this, and this. Boom, I got it. But he's patient. With it, because we just come from two completely ge- ge- two different generations, the electronically motivated ones, and we 're like back in the <laughs> horse and buggy stage, and we 're trying to jump onto that new train and it 's not that easy but i 'm going to just put out there to everyone um, other people who are listening if you have gone down this road and you 've succeeded in making that jump from the horse and buggy onto the uh, the new, the new Amtrak train, <laughs> let, let me know. You can go on to my um, kickitwithdonna.com podcast. You can see all my podcasts there. You can listen to them. And I would love to hear your comments, any suggestions, stories of your own. Uh, I like to share stories, as you can probably tell. And Paul, thank you for sharing your stories and, and your stress level with this because it is stressful for you. But, um, I know other people have gone down this road, and maybe some people have been successful with it. And I also have two books that are for sale on my website as well. One is called Headstrong, Surviving a Traumatic Brain Injury Without Losing My Mind. You can probably figure out what that's about. And the second book is called Heartstrong, Overcome Obstacles and Live Life to the Fullest. So I'm going to say that this obstacle of paper clutter is an obstacle. <laughs> we can overcome it, but you have to, want to overcome it and find a way that works for you to overcome it. And it might be different from what other people do. And then uh, there are other ways to listen to podcasts as well. I think this is number 30. So you can go to um, iTunes or Google Play. And I always forget the other two. Isn't that terrible? That's awful of me. But anyway, you can listen to it on kickitwithdonna.com. I hope you all have a good day today, and we'll be back next week, and we'll find some other way to be joyful since this is the month of joy. Thank you all for joining me. Have a good one.